0: here uh my back hurts and he's trying to fix it up for me
1: i think he's trying to fix it up for himself
0: you don't understand he's a chiropractor
1: you know what we call chiropractors like him what horny hello and welcome to another episode of That so random a random movie podcast i'm heath lambert my guest this evening once again my fiance, Carrie Claypool. Now, Carrie, you are pregnant with our child at the moment. Yes, I am. Come May, early May, you will be go through the torture of childbirth. <laughs> and will making you watch this movie still be the worst thing I've ever done to you?
0: <laughs> no.
1: What? No? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
0: me watch worse movies
1: uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know it's the uh, the happy Hooker goes to Washington from 1977 so I did a slight bit of research going into this these are the series of films there's three of them there's Happy Hooker happy Hooker goes to Washington happy Hooker goes Hollywood Played by a different actress in all three movies. Lynn Redgrave played her in the first one. Um, and also, apparently, I did not watch them, but also, apparently, very different from this movie, style of comedy wise. Which I would hope, because I would. If you made one movie that was like this, how did you ever get a chance to make a second one? Um, it's also based on. A real woman. Xavier Hollander was like a sort of famous madam turned author in the 70s. And these are...
0: I had no idea.
1: A comedic take on... I mean, obviously the events of this film did not happen. But (laughs) perhaps she actually was called before a Senate subcommittee or something. But, yeah, she was a real person. Wow. Um which got me thinking because this this movie presupposes a world in which in 1977 that prostitutes and madams could become or that you know a madam in particular could become so famous and so popular and like a beloved cultural figure and that prostitution is while still illegal a thing that is just like everyone knows about it everyone accepts it and it's a weird take to have especially since we just started watching the ripper the new documentary on netflix um which takes place in like 1974 to 77 so far and i know i mean england and america were different you know sort of prudishness wise but in there you know late 70s britain it's still very like oh prostitutes are dying no big deal like the idea that prostitutes could become, like, this commonplace household, like, well, yeah, there's prostitutes, that's cool, like, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it really is. And the whole, th- I don't know, the movie was just so strange with how women were just completely sexualized, but at the same time, oh, uh, what's her name, Zaviella? Zaviera. Zaviera was kind of empowered by it, but she kind of used the women that worked under her to her advantage but i don't know it was just really weird it is
1: it definitely sends some odd mixed because yeah uh, other than because she never appears naked in in this movie pretty much every other woman on screen will be topless in in this movie at some point um and it's a lot of them a lot and um Like those 70s natural boobs before we really got to crazy with implants and stuff. But, um, yeah, there's a bit of, because there's actually some good points being made about puritanical ideas of society and and sex and um, that, you know, it's very sex positive and that, like, sex education is needed and important. And yes, she's certainly empowered. No no other woman in the movie is empowered. Yeah. They are l- laughable yeah. and to it be blows. mocked.
0: They're not they're not portrayed as intelligent. They're just kind of there to be cute and show their boobs. Um and they're young. All the other women are so young. She looks more mature for sure, but all of the women definitely look like they're their late teens, early twenties.
1: Well, that's, yeah, that's what you're going to point a camera at, I suppose. But it, but yeah, all of those sort of good points and good ideas are buried under layer after layer of just ridiculous, this movie is so crazy and over the top, and we'll get into all the ways that it is. First two signs of trouble right out of the gate, immediately, Canon Films logo, which you're not quite as up on this stuff, but a lot of people listening to this will know if you saw the Canon film group logo, you knew, uh-oh, because <laughs> they were notorious. There's documentaries about it and everything of how notorious the Canon group was for making movies on the cheap and movies on the not very good. And they were responsible for a lot of high-profile stinkers like Superman Four, Masters of the Universe... Anything they touch turned to shit, basically. Um, second sign of trouble is this film is so forgotten and unloved and uncared for that they didn't even bother to fix the aspect ratio. Like, everything is very stretched out as if it were like the difference between scope or flat when you project it. Like, on your TV, usually, you know, things are remastered or reset in a way so that it fills the screen properly. But this has big blank space on the sides, and then the middle square that you're watching is very stretched out. Everyone's taller than they should, like... So they didn't even bother to fix that, because there's no one to care.
0: <laughs> no one but us, apparently. <coughs>
1: um, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> we open with the scene from the clip I played at the beginning. We're in the Senate building in Washington, D.C. There's a maid who walks in on a couple, a senator and and a lady of the night in flagrante, and she runs gets a security guard who runs in and makes his bad jokes. And um, he says,
0: horny. Horny.
1: <laughs> it's so, <laughs> and what you're not seeing when you hear that clip is his face when he's, like, it's everyone, the senators especially, they must be like, Old cheesy Catskills comedians or something, because they're all doing like and like, with they're f- like, like they're cartoons who saw a naked late. Like it's so bananas the performances in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So now a, can- a, s- a candle, a scandal, a scandal has kicked off because the senator has been caught, and um. Linda. Yes, Linda um then we meet Xaviera hollander who's played by joey harrington um and she again not not having seen the first movie but what you gather is that she uh immigrated here from the netherlands holland hollander so the name's a little on the nose um and in the first movie was just a prostitute madam and rose to the ranks or ascended somehow At the beginning of this movie, she's world-renowned, very popular, like a Dear Abby type. I don't know if she runs her own whole magazine or just has a column or what, but she's answering letters from people. And everything's a joke. Everything's a double entendre. Everything's a... Because, like, one of the letters is like, oh, I don't know, you know, I like going down on women and men. Does that make me bisexual? And she's like, oh, it just makes you bilingual. And there's a bestiality joke in there, too. Like, it's very
0: surprising.
1: Well, yeah, and for 1977, again, I mean, there were probably a lot of sex comedies around at that time in a way that we don't have anymore and haven't for a long time. Because this would be like pre porkies and stuff like that, which were all more, well, I was going to say male-centered, but this is certainly a male gaze-centered movie. But the degree of the things that they talk about, even for an R-rated movie in 1977... I thought was crazy also uh, see and it was it's progressive in some ways but then totally regressive in (laughs) in it's regressive in what you're seeing but what they're saying is a bit progressive because it seems to be very Mm pro-homosexual which is surprising for 1977 very yeah very open-minded and sex positive but that's uh, yeah it's all buried under bad jokes and confusing it's a confusing yeah, film
0: Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> confusing and the f- and then uh, the fact that all the men are old and ugly except for what was his name Ward
1: yeah she has a lawyer played by George Hamilton famous sex symbol of the 70s and this is before yeah you don't you don't I see it
0: I don't think he's good looking I thought he had a face that looked like a donkey but you know <laughs>
1: Ooh, shots fired at George Hamilton <laughs> But this is back before he had tanned himself to an orange glow and looked like a traffic cone. Like this is back when he still had like a human skin tone. Um, we well we don't actually s- meet him yet, but yeah, um, she's hanging out answering letters with sort of her staff. A waiter comes in who is like Borat before Borat. This guy, I don't know what he's doing. But he's like a Sasha Baron Cohen character. He comes in, old oh, Mrs. Hollander, you wanted the food, like, and he's offering him. It's a crazy. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but it's and not of this planet.
0: And we don't see him again, do we?
1: Not at all. Yeah. It's a one note or a one little quick joke where he comes in and offers him some food or something, and they chase him out. And he does like a weird, like ah, tongue waggle. It's it's crazy.
0: There's lots of tongue waggling in this movie. <laughs>
1: Um, then another madam that she knows from somewhere else comes in to tell Javier the the story that Linda the hooker is missing and that, um, but the senator did get caught with her. And so it's setting off a Senate subcommittee on sexual excess (coughs) that she's going to get called to testify. testify. Yeah,
0: she's got to testify
1: um then where do we go then she goes yeah she must be like she must run a magazine or something because she then goes downstairs and is sort of watching a photo shoot take place the photographer of this photo shoot of this naked woman is rip taylor who (laughs) again for youngins you probably don't know who that is but he was a staple of stuff in the 70s and 80s, particularly game shows he appeared on a lot. He's a flamboyantly gay man who throws glitter and confetti around everywhere he goes and acts crazy. And, yeah, he's playing the photographer, doing his thing way over the top. And all this stuff is supposed to be funny. There's a couple actual laughs throughout the movie, but most of it is just so cringe and rolling your eyes. (laughs) Like...
0: She's, when she's when she got to go to the, I can't remember exactly where this fell because I didn't take great notes, but when they were talking about how the Senate subcommittee could result in a sex prohibition, she says bathtub sex.
1: Yeah, a prohibition, bathtub, yeah, that's a pretty good l- and that
0: that's one. Not that one made me legitimately laugh, so.
1: That's not bad. Yeah, there's a couple here and there, but for the most part it's so, you just roll your eyes and it's so cringy and nuts. Um, now she's in her, I guess, apartment or whatever, doing paperwork and taking calls while an orgy is happening behind her. Like, no big deal. I guess for her, it's no big deal.
0: Just part of the day. But I guess she hosts
1: them in her place and she, but she's not partaking. She's above it all, I guess. And, um, so there's lots of, uh, the room is full of naked women laying around. Making out with guys. It's great because there's no actual. There's only one actual. For all this talk of sex and all this nudity, there's only actually one sort of sex scene that we see. And even that takes place, like, under blankets way towards the end of the movie. So there's not. For this sex comedy, there's no real sex in it.
0: Yeah, it's mostly just men ogling women with no shirts on and touching and. Yeah, there really isn't a lot of
1: stuff. There's lots of motorboating, but you're not yeah. seeing a lot of, you know. Um, one of the guys in this orgy won't take his jacket off, and the reason is because he's the process server who is hiding there to give her a subpoena to come to that's the.
0: That's where the line came in after
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, it's when she first meets with, um,. Her lawyer, he's telling her that you know, hey, if this doesn't go, this subcommittee goes the wrong way, it could turn into a prohibition on sex, which is such an insane idea. Like, <laughs> like in nineteen seventy, it's because it's so, yeah, and it's it's poking fun at at these, yeah, again, these puritanical ideas. But the idea that it could lead to a nationwide prohibition on the act of sex is so silly
0: <laughs> it's too far out
1: but those are the stakes <coughs>
0: excuse me
1: um now they're at the airport and he, and again uh, progressive and regressive in the same scene it goes from normalizing homosexuality she's talking to this older lady in front of her in line at the airport and the old lady's like oh my son runs the the gay something in the brooklyn or somewhere and she's proud of him and happy and it seems like the movie's like well this isn't weird at all this is cool and then this woman immediately launches into and that's my son my daughter's married to a puerto rican his job is being on welfare and all it's getting money from all the kids from all it is like his seven other wives so it goes from like surprisingly homo-friendly to crazy racist on a dime it turns
0: yeah, it w- that was kind of we uh, definitely whiplash.
1: The they can't help themselves. The flight that they're on is BJ seven six nine, which <laughs> is like <laughs> you're laughing right now, though. So I guess that's a good joke because it just oh made you laugh. You ridiculous. didn't notice it.
0: I didn't notice it till just now. Oh. That's
1: pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, th-
0: there's one of the f- few. Air- the airport search was interesting because didn't they search her? But then she's like, "Aren't you going to search him?" And they're like, "No."
1: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good joke. The the security w- because again, everywhere she goes, someone people know her. Like the security guard, the guy who's going to uh, metal detector with the metal detector wand is getting all flushed. Like, "Oh, Miss Hollander, I bl- it's nice to meet you." Or, you know, and trying to trying to chit chat her while he's wanding her yeah, yeah. and really getting like out of sorts about it. And she walks away and George Hamilton comes up and he's like, don't you want to check me? And he's like, no, sir. (laughs) Couldn't be bothered. That's kind of funny. Um, George Hamilton goes outside and this made me laugh. There's an old lady in a wheelchair sitting in the crosswalk with like no one around her. So he sets his stuff down, pushes her, nice guy that he is, the rest of the way across the crosswalk, goes back to pick up his stuff. And as he's coming back across the crosswalk, there's a cop pushing the old lady back the way he came from as if like she was supposed to be over there and he took her the wrong way which kind of made me laugh (laughs) so there's these little moments that are like all right that's that's okay but for the most part this movie feels like the beginning feels like an actual movie once we get to the senate subcommittee meeting and this sort of trial that's going on um is when the movie completely falls apart and feels like it's a series of skits that someone came up with and they crammed into the shallow plot of this movie.
0: That's a really good observation because it felt disjointed at that point, but I hadn't thought of an explanation like that.
1: Um, Javier is still in the airport. She meets the senior swingers, this old couple that comes up and are asking her sex. But again, she's like instantly recognizable by even the elderly. who are like, oh my God, Javier is... Javier Hollander, we have to ask her sex questions. Cause there's now there's swinger parties at their old folks' home and it's like <laughs> what world is this, this fantasy world that you're you've created for this movie? And then does it carry on into I'm not gonna watch it, but does it carry on into then the third film that has a different actress? Is it the same atmosphere of like this is how the world is, this strange dystopian <laughs> sex future? I don't I don't know. And they're
0: Miss Goodbody. That's what I have down next. Miss Goodbody, the court stenographer.
1: Oh yeah, the senator's secretary. Who's before that? They're in the, they're in the limo from the airport to the hotel or wherever they're staying um, in Washington D.C. And this is where they're having a conversation that has good points about the Purina Puritanism and lack of sex. Edward, you know, she's like, not all the letters that I get are like funny jokes check out these other letters i got and one is like a, a someone who's still their mother is telling them that like if you masturbate you'll go blind and she's like peop- this is stupid that people don't know know this people need to be edu- educated on this stuff and and she's right like that's a good point she's making and it's why sex positivity and you know Stuff is useful and is helpful and not this abstinence-only, sex, <laughs> you know, nonsense like that. But it's these quick little scenes in between these moments of preposterous comedy,
0: slapstick, but
1: not. I don't know. It's yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like I said. It's, it's Catskills. It's very. It is slapsticky, not in like a slipping on banana peels way, but in a just over the top. You know, face contortions when people see things. Like, it's so cartoonish. And so that's all buried and covering up any sort of good points that it has to make. Uh, so she's at the first day of the Senate subcommittee.
0: Miss Goodbody's shirt pops open because we can't have a scene without boobs in it.
1: Well, there's a... Yeah, there's a meeting. All the, the senators are sort of have a, a meeting... Before the, I misspoke, before the subcommittee is going to start. The head one, Rollins, I think, is played by David White, who was Larry Tate on Bewitched. And the other one is Ray Walston, who was in a ton of stuff. He's in Stephen King's The Stand, the original one, not this new one. Um, He's a recognizable sort of old guy of the... 80s and 90s but um, yeah and Miss God Goodbody's there they're taking an elevator ride where she's like trying to like be all touchy feely with Senator Rollins and he's like trying to keep her at bay and the other senators don't seem to care and she starts singing a song and they all start singing a lot like it's it's a point it's ridiculous. And it's a pointless scene that does it nothing, adds nothing to again this. it feels like it's a skit that's on it's own from somewhere else that got stuck into this movie um so they're the subcommittee starts they're asking her questions they're trying to gotcha catch her with stuff and it's like oh the the captain of the vice police came to your apartment and you didn't get in any trouble and he left with like thinking that she's paying off officials or whatever and again we get another sort of little skit where there's an orger going on in her place and this guy is like fixing up her door knocker and fixing up so it has lots of double entendres and stuff and it turns out that the <coughs> the captain of the vice squad is also her landlord and that's why she gave him an envelope of money. But it's all in the
0: like a flashback, a s- but it's, it's its own little story skit, and it's, so sh- they're asking her a question about this, and she, it, it's a flashback. We go back and we see the whole scene, and that's, I think, when things really felt disjointed.
1: Well, and that's, from now on, that's kind of j- all the movie is, is them asking her a question, and then it's a flashback to what amounts to a short little comedy skit that has nothing to do with anything else.
0: And then she says, oh, but he was my landlord, and that's why I was giving him the thing. Or what was the one with the ad agency?
1: Yeah, that's the next one, which is real crazy. They're like, oh, we even saw her at a... Like, she's so pervasive of an influence on society that must be stopped that she was at this famous New York ad agency, and they're employing her. Um, yeah, and then we cut to a skit where she's meeting these ad execs, and she's showing them her ideas for how to, like, sex sells, the sex up as if she came up with the idea of sex cells these advertising and then there's like these there's three old advertisement parodies there's the yeah instead of Mr. Whipple is Mr. Zipple don't squeeze the boobies and then an old guy comes out from under the table with a it's <laughs> it's crazy nonsense and then it's mounty the quicker sucker upper and what about There was the Nine Lives Cat that was famous back then and it's just a guy dressed like a cat and he's like, Ooh, nine wives and he has nine there's nine naked ladies there dressed like cats.
0: Yeah, I remember that one now.
1: So it's just each one is its own little skit. And they're just crammed in together. And they're also nothing that they're things that wouldn't even be on T V now, let alone in nineteen seventy seven. There's no chance these would ever air. (laughs) <laughs> so it's such a ridiculous world that it's positing. After, after that flashback, between that flashback and the next flashback about the tennis pro, which is also, doesn't really add yeah. up. Yeah. Um, there's what appears to be, because you cannot imagine where the plot of this movie is going, and so you would never see it coming. But it, it's what appears to be just a random cameo by Billy Barty. Billy Barty for those who don't know was like before Warwick Davis he was like the little person in Hollywood he was like the guy you know him he was the older wizard guy on Willow he was in I mean he was in a ton of stuff and he's got a really unique sort of high voice and um but he's like sitting in the crowd at the or in the audience at the in the senate chambers and he's got like a like a pork pie hat and sunglasses and he takes his sunglasses off and looks straight into the camera like he's winking at it. And then they go to something else and you're like, what the fuck was that? Why did we just have a, have a random Billy Party cameo? Like, it's so crazy.
0: Well, he comes back.
1: Oh, he sure does. But because you cannot, your brain can't even comprehend what's about to happen with him. So, you have to assume that it, it's just a uh, weird cameo like Rip Taylor was. Um, Yeah, then there's a little, again, a skit. It's a flashback, but it's just a skit about a a tennis pro who's going to seduce, who's also a hooker. She's a hooker who wants to become a tennis pro, and she wants to do it the right way and not seduce the coach or whatever, but winds up doing it anyway, and there's this over-exaggerated cliche, like, well, I'm going to help you learn your backswing, and and then he, like, bounces off the tennis net, and then she's suddenly completely naked, laying out, like, it's... It's all real dumb and not funny, really no, at all.
0: That se- those scenes, there was nothing, nothing redeeming about them, really.
1: <coughs> then between the tennis pro sketch and the General Motors sketch, there's the most random. We're seeing there's a quick little shots of like footage around Washington D.C., so like the Washington Monument, and the reflecting pool.
0: They had the lunch break, didn't they? They went to eat lunch.
1: Yeah, that's yes, that's true. They they take the lunch break, Javiera and ward the lawyer are having not really a flirty conversation but a conversation of it's not a comedy scene it's like a fairly serious scene of like this is what her goals are and he's like i wish i would have met you back when you were in holland when you could still where you were still capable of falling in love so you can see that like he's into her she you know but nothing has happened yet and then it cuts to a woman with a little boy walking along some flowers, and the boy walks up to the flowers, and then there's an ADR voiceover that comes in that says, Don't make wee-wee
0: on the flowers.
1: Don't make wee-wee on the flowers, and then cuts away, and it has nothing to do with anything. It's just a throwaway line. <laughs> and there's a lot of those throughout the movie. It's, it's crazy. I'm going to I I'm, keep saying crazy and nuts, but it's, I don't know, without watching, I'm not recommending anyone watch this movie. It is not good. But it, it's a h- hard movie to describe to someone who has not seen it because it's, you kind of can't believe what you're seeing <laughs> unless you've already seen a lot of these movies. It,
0: it did hold my attention. There wasn't, uh, you know, in other movies we've watched, I've lost track of time. I've, my f- eyes have wandered to my phone, but this movie held my attention. I will give it that, the one positive thing I had to watch.
1: But it held your attention because you're like, what am I looking at? I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> not in a... Because it's not good. I mean... No, it's not good. It is better than Highlander the Source and some other... But, like, I think even, like, on a on a technical level, on a writing level, on an acting level... Like, my stepdaughter is better than this. Right?
0: Um... Yeah, maybe
1: less entertaining, but a better movie.
0: It's it's definitely put together better, but this one held my attention better than my stepdaughter did because I was just there were points where I was just like, come on, get on with it. But yeah, they're just different movies. <laughs> they're very different
1: movies, especially this right on the heels of my second Christian movie, is like <laughs> whiplash.
0: It's, I'm sure it's a different world. <coughs>
1: um. Yeah, then we have the another skit. She goes to General Motors because they're also consulting with her. For some reason, they have designed a car. They want to get teenagers out of their beds and back in back seats like it used to be in the good old days. So they've, de- they've designed a car, basically the perfect car to fuck in. And they want to test out the double date feature, which is can you do it in the front seat and the back seat at the same time?
0: Yeah, and they need a whole orgy to have happen for this to be tested, apparently.
1: Yeah, they bring in, like, this cardboard mock-up of the car, and she's brought some girls to go in there with their scientists to test it out, and it's a big, goofy, silly... I don't even know how to describe it.
0: And lots of boobs. So many boobs.
1: Lots and lots of boobs. But this is the idea that this car company, A, is going to make this car. I mean, look. I'm not an idiot. I understand that this is like over the top comedy, but there still has to be some basis in reality, particularly if you're making, if you're doing the story of supposedly a real woman. And this has, this movie is so out of touch with reality, even in 2020, these things wouldn't happen, let alone in 1977. It's so bizarre, this world that they've constructed, that I can't, I can't get over it.
0: (laughs) That's probably what keeps your attention. You just can't get over it.
1: Yeah, so then she gets held in contempt of court for something she didn't even do. One of the senators is blah, blah, blah on about, uh, you know, sexual excess and how she's steering the country astray. And some other woman in the audience in the uh, chambers or whatever that's viewing Mm -hmm. the proceedings yells out, Balderdash, and they immediately call contempt of court on javiera and send her out
0: it was ridiculous
1: um but so then then that leads to she gets like strong-armed into this room by these two like muscle guys no not muscle guys but like two guys who like forcibly pick her up and she's kicking and screaming and shove her into this room where billy barty is in like a trench coat sunglasses and the pork pie hat Because it turns out that wasn't a random cameo. He is the world's most conspicuous CAI agent. I mean, look, God bless little people, but they don't make good spies because...
0: You notice them. They're not...
1: Yeah, they can hide in a cupboard, but until then...
0: (laughs) You can't walk in a room and not see that there is somebody of that size.
1: You stand out like a tiny sore thumb. (laughs) A sore pinky. I don't know... (laughs) So that's a crazy idea. Crazier still, he takes her down this elevator into this secret underground weapons museum or something where all of the things the CIA is not allowed to use anymore is stored. And we get like this four minute long, it's a sketch, it's a skit. And it's completely separate from everything where he's showing, oh, you want this chocolate bar? And he throws it in a garbage can and it explodes. And he's throwing things that are knocking holes in the walls. And he's showing her all these stupid weapons. And it all looks cheap. The walls are, like, the thinnest of cardboard, <laughs> and, like, it's, it's pointless and goofy. So pointless.
0: It was so pointless. But it, and it's, it's
1: just so over the top, and what is it? He's got a bag with, oh, toothpaste that he puts on the wall that makes, like, a, so it's, like, toothpaste C4, and then we're going to run dental floss over this alarm clock, and somehow that's going to set it off. And then when it goes off, the hole that blows in the wall is next to the spot he did and not even the spot he did. But they didn't bother to reshoot it because it's canon films. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. And what, it, what the purpose of it is, I guess, for him to prove to her that he actually works for the CIA. But <laughs> there has to be easier ways than showing to her this insane weapons lab underneath the Senate building in Washington, D.C.,
0: Yeah, and then he's got a mission for her.
1: He does have a mission. At the request of the president, she is being sent to Miami Beach to seduce the visiting Sheikh... uh, Well, it's not Sheikh Ali, like you would think. It's spelled, according to subtitles anyway, it's Ali, O-L-L-I-E, which I guess is supposed to be a joke. They certainly make a joke out of the fact that it's pronounced Sheikh and not Sheik, as some people would say. Um... But yeah, so she's being sent at the request of the president to seduce this guy to make him miss a meeting because all of these terrorist leaders are getting together to plan a war that the CIA can't afford to fight in. So if he misses this meeting, the whole thing falls apart and everything will be fine. So now this woman is in charge of, like, saving the world. Now that's the stakes of this thing have gone from... And since she's... Like, they're not going to explain away her... Being missing from Washington, D.C. during this time, but since she's in contempt anyway, there's a break in the proceedings, so they have this window of opportunity for her to go.
0: Seduce the shake.
1: Or whatever. Um, yeah, and she goes and meets the shake at the pool, and there's a whole joke about, oh, shake. And so she tries to shake his hand. He's like, no, shake. It's pronounced shake, not chic. And all this. And this, this guy, here's the height, or maybe the depth, of. I'm not going to attempt an impression. I would almost say watch the movie just for this because it is the most batshit crazy performance from an actor maybe that I have ever
0: seen. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: It's so... (laughs) I don't know what this guy was going for. It's not even that it's like a racist caricature or something, but just the voice he's doing and the things he's doing with his face. They go to a Jewish deli, which is... I,
0: and, and I wrote down in my notes, shake eating is gross. Yeah,
1: he's doing a thing where while he's talking, he's shoving food in his mouth, and he's laughing, and there's food falling out of his mouth, and it's gross and crazy.
0: Oh, it was disgusting.
1: But he like, he is behaving like no human being who has ever lived has behaved in public. Like, it's <laughs> a child wouldn't act this way. But, yeah, the things he does, the things he says, his voice, it's all insane. It's insane.
0: It's it's way over the top.
1: Um. Yes, yeah, so the Jewish deli, which I, I guess is supposed to be a funny joke, because you had this, you know, Arab. Like, shake. you know, this oil, has his own Arab country, and he loves Jewish deli food that's the thing i was like oh i see why they're the chosen people he's eating a reuben sam all this stuff and like but he's just cramming in his mouth and it's falling out and it's it's bananas he but she seduces him convinces him that like no you know we got time before the meeting come away with me and there's a lot of uh, again it's just double entendres and jokes um so they're back at his hotel room she orders room service she orders 12 dozen oysters, a bike pump, a shoelace with knots in it, melted butter and rubber gloves and it's this whole setup up for her basically and again we don't see any of it but it's kind of the only sex that happens in the movie and it's all under this blanket but it's and it's him reacting crazy like
0: oh,
1: acting crazy
0: yeah because she's definitely doing things to him under the blanket yeah whatever she's
1: she's putting on a clinic because she's the greatest and whatever she's doing turns him around completely so he doesn't mind missing the meeting. Not only that, he's like, oh, you should come and be my lead wife. Forget that. I'll I'll fire all my other wives. I'm going to give away all my money to the people of my country. So she's brought peace to the Middle East (laughs) by being so good at this kinky tray of stuff she ordered. So we see the meeting that he's missing about to happen. We see a bunch of guys with turbans come out to get in a limo and one of the guys inexplicably is wearing jean shorts and no shirt but a tur- everyone else is in business like business suits like three piece suits
0: is he the only man with no shirt on in the whole movie
1: I uh, think there was a couple guy okay. no at the orgy cuz the one guy it was weird oh. that the w- process server had a jacket on
0: that's right i remember
1: that. but
0: but i don't i don't know why
1: there's like five guys in business suits and then one guy getting the limo with them who's has no shirt on and jean shorts and a turban like he's part of this meeting i don't know if that's supposed to be a joke or if if it is i don't get it if it's not is they just they were missing shit we have six guys and only five costumes so we're gonna
0: (laughs) just (laughs) pretend no one will notice
1: i mean it could be either either one uh so Sheikh ali introduces her to his harem And one of the girls in the harem, or maybe like the main new girl in the harem, is the missing Linda. Who, so we find out that Senator Rollins had her, traded her, white slavery style, to the sheikh in order for his help with things that the Senate wanted. Um, So now she has something on Rollins, which gives her the idea, I don't know why she didn't have it before, But it gives her the idea of, oh, there's probably dirt on all of these guys, so we're going to go and dig it up. Which isn't a scene in and of itself. Now we're just back at the Senate, and she starts rolling out. It's like, oh, you, Senator, what's-his-face? Do you recognize this girl? And then we cut to another skit, and there are all these harebrained, lame skits of what the Senators are up to that they don't want anybody to know about.
0: Yeah, it was, that was, and it went, that part went kind of fast, thank goodness.
1: But they're also crazy. Like the Ray Walson one is he's. There's a woman. There's the prostitute tied to the bed. Odd Job, the actual Odd Job from the James Bond movies, in costume with the hat and everything, is there poking her with needles. And Ray Walson this old guy, comes busting through the wall dressed as Superman because his fantasy or his fetish or whatever is rescuing this damsel in distress then odd job throws the hat it sticks in the wall and everything and this old guy pushes odd job through like through a cardboard wall yes. <laughs> and it's just so crazy and also and it's this would have been before it's 1977 so this was before canon had the rights to superman when they made superman 4 so it's weirdly prophetic but also how did they get the rights from Warner Brothers? Because there's a Superman logo on the wall. He's wearing a Superman costume, and not like a fake one. like With like a backward S or some kind of like, a, it's a parody. Like, it's a legit Superman logo all over this room and a Superman doll. Like, how did you get permission from Warner Brothers to include this in your movie? Or maybe they didn't care about that stuff back then. No, well, they must have. I don't know. But... Yeah, and he saves the girl, and she's like, Oh, you know, and she's going to pay him back with sex. And he's like, I can't. I'm in love with Lois Lane. But she convinces him. And so that's what they have on him. Then, what was the second guy? I don't
0: even remember. I didn't even write it down. <laughs>
1: the, the second guy is the. Um, oh, he's dressed as like a. Um. Like, the British guys who invaded, like, Indian stuff? I don't know what they're called, but that, that's the kind of uniform.
0: Like, um, a colonial soldier? Yeah, which? it's not
1: like a Nazi uniform, but it's, yeah, it's like the British colonial. It's like the guys that the army at the end of Indian Jones and the Temple of Doom that come and save. It's those guys. He's dressed like that. Um... And he's expecting a Jewish princess to come and, like, humiliate him, but it's not. It's the one It's the one black prostitute. And he, yeah, and she's, like, doing S&M stuff on him, making him bark like a dog, and whipping him with it. so it's, that's his predilection. And then the last, um, uh, it's the Senator Crusoe, his thing is a woman covered in spaghetti. He's doing a crazy, like, oh, mama, what are you making me for dinner? And he's eating breadsticks all crazy, and this woman wheels in a, uh, cart and takes a lid off the thing and a woman comes out covered in spaghetti and he's eating it off of her and it's just so goofy and
0: yeah, he was really eating it off of her too like
1: and he's also doing the craziest sort of like the woo like whoa, 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 like faces and stuff like it's so it's crazy it's nuts and that's and that's kind of just it, it yeah. When well, then she reveals like cause the last guy's like oh you don't have anything on me because now the senator's like, stop, call it off, call it off. We're done with the meeting now. We can't let this stuff get out. Let her win. And Rollins, the main guy, um, is like, well, you don't have anything on me. I didn't have sex last night. I was home with my wife, which everybody laughs at. Um, yeah, there was the whole thing with Ms. Goodbody dictating and not knowing if cocksucker was one word or two. <laughs> oh, which is that was funny.
0: kind of funny, yeah. But
1: it goes on way too long. It would have been funny, but it goes on like, for like forty yeah, seconds.
0: I think they drug that out a little too
1: far. Um, and yeah, uh, so he's like, "Oh, do you, but do you recognize her?" And it's Linda, who he traded away to the shake for favors or whatever. Um, that's last thing I wrote. And that's it. We don't see any of the fall. Well, we don't see any of the fall. Then it has the Animal House ending, where it's like playing music and it's showing. Like, Senator Senator Rollins went on to blah, blah, blah. And I am i couldn't be bothered to write down <laughs> any of what the stuff is. But, like, one guy moved off to the mountains and joined a whatever. So it's all the characters get their own little placard of, you know, Animal House style of what they did after the movie was over. And that's it. Yeah, it's
0: kind of anticlimactic.
1: It's very anticlimactic. It's all very silly. It's kind of, you have to see it to believe it, but I don't, recommend people see it because it's not good
0: no 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 no, don't see it
1: (laughs) and i can't attest if the other ones even if i wanted to watch the other two they aren't streaming it looks like so I'm, i'm not gonna go out of my way to watch the other two certainly i'm not after seeing this like if they're anything like this i'm 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 fine i'm good without it
0: yeah me too
1: um but they they don't make them like that anymore. That's for sure. Like, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I can't goodness I can't believe they made them like that then. And also, thank God they don't make them like that anymore. And again, you hear that a lot about oh, back in the you know late seventies, that was the prime time of movies. Like all these great movies, yeah, a lot of great movies came out then. But also, shit like this was coming out. So, yeah, and this movie is just bizarre and. Other adjectives like that. <laughs> it's so b- we kind of burned through it really fast, but that's because there's, a) there's, there's not much plot.
0: There's not there's not much depth to it at all. Because it's all
1: just these skits glued together with this bare bones, overarching Senate subcommittee plot.
0: Right, and so many boobs.
1: And so many boobs. True. To the point that look, I'm I'm a little red blooded American male and all that. Like I like I like breasts. I was tired of seeing breasts by the end of this. It's like when I was when I was a, maybe not a teenager, early 20s, when Girls Gone Wild first came out, I thought, well, this is cool, I'm gonna watch one of these, and five minutes into that garbage, I was like, well, I'm tired of boobs now. <laughs> like, I can't even finish watching this, because.
0: <laughs> I have nothing.
1: You have nothing? I was
0: gonna say something, but I'll save it. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's all too much, and I can't decide if it's, like, it's trying to actually maybe say something about the, you know, puritanical and all that. But it gets so lost in the, everything that's the opposite of that, where you're just showing, <laughs> you know, and it's so over the top. and And it's also, I feel like it's hard to... Is this the first comedy we've had on the show? It might, yeah, th- I think it is. Comedies are harder to. Well, I guess the Hollywood movie was a comedy, quote unquote, and the World's Oldest Bridesmaid sort of, kind of, maybe a comedy. It's
0: like a chick flick comedy type. Yeah, yeah.
1: But comedies are harder to make fun of because they're already being funny, or at least trying to be funny. It's one thing if it's something like my stepdaughter where it's deadly serious and the humor comes from the fact that it's unintentionally funny. But when it's when a movie's trying to be funny, it's harder to like it's already poked the holes in itself, it makes it harder to talk about. <laughs> so this is yeah. This is going to be uh, for us lately. This is a pretty short episode, but I'm not going to s- stretch it out just to hear myself talk. I probably already have been. Um yeah, that's it. The happy hooker goes to Washington. I don't. I don't recommend it. Push my button. Yeah, push. Button. Tell me what to do. Yeah, I will push the button. The magic button that chooses at random something from everything that's streaming to decide what we're gonna watch next week. And the answer is Point of Fear. Point of Fear. It's on Amazon Prime. What is this? Looks like a horror movie, maybe. That'll be a first. That'll be good. Well, okay, it mean, won't we'll be good. like <laughs> It looks like one of those movies, as there are many on Amazon, that's like a shoestring budget type shot on somebody's camcorder. Maybe. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Point of Fear from, what year is this, 2008, I have. Well, yours says 2006. This says 2008. Early to mid aughts, anyway. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's probably a bunch of shitty new metal in this movie because <laughs> it's 2006 and/or 2008. I don't want to. I'm not doing that kind of research. That's. I'll go into it fresh. Um. Yeah. Point of fear on Amazon Prime. Looks super cheap. And um, we'll see how that goes. That'll be the movie for next week. That's your homework if you choose to accept it. And I think that's it for us this week. Bye, Carrie.
0: Bye, guys.